We are thrilled to be the official media partners for the Service Design Global Conference in Toronto this year and are sharing podcasts from the event as it happens. Let's get into this episode. A very warm welcome to the Bringing Design Closer podcast, guys. I'm here with uh, Antonio Yadarola and Antonio Starnino from uh, Studio We, um, based in New York and also Montreal. Guys, a very warm welcome. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. So let's start off. Um, tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you do. Hey, um, yeah, um, we ran this studio and we started four years ago and mainly we started the studio um, with the idea that co-design was uh, the main driver uh, of design um, to kind of help organization, um, you know, really innovate and improve the way they were working. Hmm. And so um, we define ourselves as a service design firm, but uh, what we do is what I call uh, the internal part of service design. So really helping organization improving their processes and uh, improve the collaboration capacity within the teams. Yeah, you're doing all, a lot of the backstage, the yes, processes. Kind yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. Uh, what we like to say is we like to work on the environments in which services are being made okay, rather that's than nice. making services. Nice. So um, tell us a little bit about you. You were here at the Service Design Network Global Conference in Toronto which uh, is home to Antonio Starnino. Um, Antonio Yadarola, you're, you're from uh, Italy uh, before, but let's, let's talk a little bit about your talk or your workshop that you're doing today uh, at the conference. Yes, we're going to lead a workshop in actually a couple of hours um, on how to design innovation spaces. So really how to uh, use uh, the space that you work in um, in order to design better services. Um, we saw, um, you know, in our previous experiences with clients that uh, most of the time um, companies do a very good job at redesigning their processes and methods and toolkits. Uh, sometimes those methods uh, don't take place in, uh, in spaces that enable people to really be creative. And so um, this is a little bit of experimentation that we are doing uh, based on um, um, a theoretical uh, pattern language. And it's about understanding what are the patterns, patterns that take place um, in the workspace in terms of how people move around mm. uh, the room and their uh, work environments and how do they um, uh, make use of everything uh, that they have around them in terms of tools and equipment and kind yeah. of like even the physical space yeah. in order to kind of really uh, make those processes and methods that are in their mind alive. Yeah. So just looking at the, the existing um, kind of office spaces that, that, that are out there in the world at the moment. What, what are the main problems that you've identified? Um, you know, there are a lot of discussion about the um, you know, improvement of uh, workplaces from a point of view of the employee experience. Mm. Uh, and those, are, those, those type of efforts and uh, innovation projects generally, um, um, they, they aim at improving the feeling that employees have about their uh, company and the mm -hmm. relationship that, that they have with their company. So like things like, uh, oh, you know, uh, my workplace is a healthy workplace because mm -hmm. the light is uh, the idea lighting for, for me to focus on my documents. So like I breathe very fresh air. Yeah. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, we observed like a lack of um, uh, a, a more specific approach on uh, uh, actually uh, redesigning the very space where uh, you um, you 
execute you conduct your like your daily tasks yeah so uh, how can we look at like you know service designers do a very good job at uh, redesigning um, uh, you know processes and uh, uh, and collaboration uh, tools mm. but then how those tools really reflect in the uh, physical space that we use so really kind of looking inside the process and, and, and drawing a parallel between the process and the space that we use for that process, process yeah. to take place and I think one of the things that we bring into the uh, workshop but also one of the things that we bring in as part of a studio is this idea of how do you design work holistically so not just in terms of the physical space or not just in terms of the processes. Often, you know, there's an interesting silo in the way that work is designed. And so for us, one of the main problems that we see in many workspaces and many innovation spaces in general is that they've often been designed in the silos. So you'll have an innovation space designed um, thinking in terms of the use of the space, but not necessarily thinking in terms of the use of the processes that will happen to that space yeah. or how the space gets activated. So in my experience, um, work with, you know, tends to be like fintechs and, and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. where they've got an innovation hub or an innovation lab of some sort. Um, it kind of creates this superficial cocoon of uh, mm -hmm. th the good stuff happens over there. You know, like that's where I remember years ago I was doing work in, in a bank and you'd have all the the executives coming down and they'd be taking off their, their sports jacket and rolling their, their sleeves up and then they were like, yeah, now we're doing it. Now now we're in the environment where the innovation happens. And that, that kind of creates a superficiality uh, where like it should, they should be taking that kind of mindset back to their desks and transforming the, the, the sort of the day-to-day -day activities. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on, on how organizations could, could combat that by using innovation spaces? Yeah, I mean, um, I think the risk of looking at innovation spaces as spaces where special things happen uh, that that's that's one uh, you know top priority that we look at when we approach a project like this, and uh, uh, I think the idea um, and that's why we use patterns. Like we kind of try to observe um, how little experiments can happen in space, uh, you know, by kind of like combining processes, methods, and you know the physical space itself. And then um, we we look at this idea of how to scale up those patterns. So it is true. I mean, you need a little bit of a special space. Uh, or a safe space uh, in order to try things. Uh, but then how can you kind of like, um, you know, use those uh, tests and experiments in order to then uh, scale up that into the wider organization? It's a little bit like sport. Like you kind of like train and you kind of try little things during your uh, training session. Yeah, I'm a big soccer fan, of course. Uh, and um, yeah, and then you kind of like, you know, create like little scenarios and little kind of like drills uh, that kind of like uh, mimic um, a scenario, like a, a situation in a, in, a, in a game, and then you kind of try to transfer that to, a, to the actual game. And there's also one of the things we also try to bring in, at least in the, in the workshop and in our talk, is this idea of, you know, innovation spaces not just being specially designed spaces apart from the organization, but how do we make a room or a meeting room that we're currently in an innovation space? That's actually one of the case studies that we're bringing into our workshop is, you know, how do we actually take these spaces that are currently existing um, to close, like, really what's, what you could look at as a collaboration gap. The fact that the primary amount of work is done um, that's done is, is uh, more collaborative, uh, but the amount of space that actually exists is actually more individually work-based. Yeah. And so how do you close that gap? And I think a lot of that is looking for these mini interventions in the spaces that currently yeah. exist to, to turn them into um, suitable spaces where you can actually, yeah, create, create and spaces. innovate. So just going back to one of the points you made there, uh, Antonio, about the patterns can you give us some examples of what those patterns are? Because they're, they're the opportunities for um, 
sort of people to improve their their environments and their processes. Give me an example of a pattern that you've you've commonly observed. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I think an interesting thing that we observe in many uh, contemporary work uh, places is this idea of like um, war rooms, which actually is is a very bad term. I think I mean it's just a very negative term. But I mean generally there are spaces that are like multifunctional and they work as uh, gathering uh, places. I prefer to call them theaters. Like you know they kind of look like theaters and they are p places where people meet, um, and then you can kind of like. Um, run um, presentations of your work, but they, they can also be adapted to um, to workshop sessions where you kind of co-create together. Uh, and I mean, like we see a lot of these kind of like in between spaces in many workplaces. And and I mean, they are they, they have some like architectural uh, specific characteristic that you might uh, want to sort of consider when you design one of those. But then also like what are the interactions that take place in that, and what is the programming that you can also consider in order to activate them. And so this is an example of, of, of what we call a pattern. So we, we might call a pattern like, uh, oh, theater, and that's kind of like a title, and then we kind of describe uh, from a physical point of view, this is design, and what, what how a facilitator can facilitate yeah. their space and, and, and um, activities in there. So like basically, the pattern is always a combination of space and interaction together. And it's a very kind of sweet spot, I think, like, you know, I like to call it like bridge tool, like it's a tool that kind of connect uh, um, research and then kind of like um, the goal that you have for the space, the function that you are um, uh, assigning to the space and that is something that help you kind of like navigate that kind of gap. And what are the kind of um, implications of the space, the spatial considerations, so they say, on culture and how, how do you manage um, to ensure that you're not actually making the culture worse by, by adding something negative to the space? Has that been considered? Mm -hmm. uh, well, there's one dimension that we, um, so in, in the talk we talk about uh, the idea of different functions of space. And, and one of them is facilitating. What are you, how are you facilitating space? What are you providing? And then what is the space communicating? And communicating is really where we get to, not just in terms of the physical layout and what, how it looks like, so light and things like that, it looks cool, but much more about what, is, what are the norms of the space and what do the norms say about a sort of culture that you're looking to reflect and what does it say about the culture that's outside of the room. You know, so your earlier comment about, oh, the cool innovation space that I'm in there and now I can innovate, that, that you know, you can also look at an innovation space almost as an intervention in a particular type of culture and how people react when they're in that space versus out of that space also start to, t you know, start to give you clues around what the culture is. And, um, and culture is a very difficult thing to describe, but if you look at it as sort of tacit assumptions that we don't even realize that we're sort of subjected to, you know, an innovation space starts to really expose, you know, what is the culture of the organization? What is the culture of the organization towards innovation? And, and, and why is it that we sort of introduce these roles now in this space and they have a certain impact versus when you're not in it? What do you say to organizations um, that might be kind of like about to do an, an office refurb and they're like, oh, you know, we need, we need to do the innovation thing. We're just going to replicate like a WeWork environment. Um, you know, there's something, I mean, I don't even know if I'm going to answer your question, but uh, there's something very interesting that Matt Ratto said yesterday here at the conference. Uh, and this, um, I mean, he was kind of like commenting on his um, critique on design thinking. And he was saying that he's worried about this um, tendency of uh, making design thinking immaterial. Um, and um, I think in the work we do on this kind of like theory that we are trying to develop, um, we, we kind of like embrace the critique, 
the thing is that if you uh, disconnect the idea of space and where you work from the actual processes that you use, uh, you essentially avoid uh, what uh, Ratto said, the pushbacks of the space on us, the pushback of reality on us. For an organization, that means that if you don't consider the contextuality, the context of, 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 of your uh, workplace, and you try to just kind of like say, okay, you know, this model would work for our um, innovation approach or for our just kind of regular uh, work process. Essentially, you are not considering all the elements, all the signals that the space is kind of like uh, giving to you in terms of like how people work and what are the criticalities that are specific to you. So this is a bit of a kind of like uh, uh, lateral uh, type of thinking to your question. I think it's just like the idea of applying a model to um, uh, to a con to context that doesn't, you know, um, ask for the model. It means essentially just kind of like avoiding thinking about the needs of the people that work in there. Sorry, I, I would just say you, you also, as an organization, lose a really beautiful opportunity to sort of engage in that conversation around what is who we are and what is our culture and what is the space that represents us and what is the space that's going to drive us forward. And, and you know, we really look at the, the, the opportunity of a refurb as an opportunity for, you know, uh, an organization to actually become reflective on who they are and then externalize that into a space. But it's really about that process. Absolutely. It's also like a tool. I, I, I would say the, the office space or the, the workspace is like a tool. And if it's blunt, it's like chopping a tree down with a spoon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, in uh, another thing that we really look at uh, closely is like speculative design. So how to design futures for, in this case, organizations. And I mean, in that, like you can see a space as a as a probing, um, like a cultural probe. And cultural probe is a tool that's uh, you know future, um, you know, future oriented designer, so to speak. They use and it's like okay, they just kind of like try essentially random stuff, and they see how that random stuff, how they kind of like stimuli, uh, essentially make people react. And space can be used like that. I mean, you kind of test things, and you kind of change the way that the tables are organized, or you know, you change the way that you can move that panel or whatever Absolutely. you and then like you see how people react and you see why like why people don't like that and sometimes it's not functional sometimes it's like oh but i mean why can't i decide about my working space who is in charge of deciding who has the agency to kind of uh, you know uh, take responsibility or how we work and and so i think that idea of cultural problem is is crucial to the sort of approach that we are proposing. So we are coming towards the end of the episode here. If people wanted to reach out to you and find out more about you, this is this is your chance to put your Twitter handles and your LinkedIn's here. So tell us um, how they might do that. Um, well, you can search for us on LinkedIn and you can add us on LinkedIn. That's the first way. Um, you can go to studio-we.com and check out our website. And there's a bit more information about you know, our process and how we think and a couple of our projects are on there. Um, and then you can email. I'll put my email up, um, uh, astar at studio-we.com. Great. I'll throw a link to that in the show notes. Guys, thank you so much for your time today. Best of luck at your workshop later on today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you'd like to be part of the conversation or community, hop on over to thisishcd.com where you can join the Slack community and help shape future episodes and connect with other designers around the world or join the HCD newsletter where you can win books and get updates. Subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and listen to any of our other podcasts such as Getting Started in Design, Bringing Design Closer with myself, Jerry Scullion, or Power of Ten with Andy Palain, or Decoding Culture with Dr. John Curran, 
Prod Pod with Adrian Tan and Ethnopod with Jay Hasbrook. Thanks for listening and see you next time.